Hey everybody, so this is season three of the Doggone Positive Way, and as promised, I am going to cover reactivity. It's a very in-depth topic. It's not just, you know, a couple of episodes and we're going to be all tidied up. There's a lot of layers to this, and there's also um, a lot of information out there. There's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of mis. Uh, information about what type of training techniques to use, what it is, you know, as far as what reactivity is, um, how to fix it, etc. So let's talk a little bit about what is reactivity. What's the reactive dog? I really feel like it's just like them overreacting to um, anything that scares them, uh, maybe startles them or what they think they have to just keep that thing away and it can be an inanimate object or it could be a human or another animal another dog whatever it is there's many different things that the dog can be reacting to and one of the things I look at is the overall body language of the dog the dog in this picture that I have in the recording is just wide-eyed the mouth is open but a little pursed uh, the front legs he's kind of leaning back the head looks forward but the legs are kind of back a little bit. The tail's curled. We don't know if that's part of the breed of this particular dog. The eyes are like the pupils huge. The white is showing at the top. This dog is just not in a happy situation. So um, there is some data out there that they think that uh, reactivity can be genetic. However, the overall consensus, and I did a lot of research um, talking uh, about reactivity and the the overall overwhelming research is lack of socialization and that can mean a variety of things so lack of socialization could mean you know your dog didn't get socialized um, to loud noises or lack of socialization socialization can be you never took your puppy to a puppy class and it didn't get socialized to other puppies. Or it could look like the breeder or, um, you know, uh, just regular person who's had their dog had puppies is not keeping the puppies with the mom long enough, did not bring other people in to socialize the dog, did not expose those puppies to loud noises, to children, to thunderstorms, to fireworks, to any of that stuff, okay? So these are all things that need to happen at their critical period of socialization, which is it's very small period and it's very young and it's during the five to 14 week period. And you're like, five week period? Five weeks is 1.115 months and 14 weeks is 3.22 months. Now, we don't normally have access to puppies that early on the earlier end, okay? You shouldn't have access to a puppy at, you know, one month or a little over a month. You should, the earliest you should have access to a puppy is eight weeks. That seems to be the growing trend or the trend that's always been the trend. I'm not sure why I said growing trend. It really is has always been around eight weeks. What I really like to see is when somebody gets a puppy or adopts a puppy or buys a puppy, whatever, acquires a puppy from some source and it's about 12 weeks of age and it's been with mom 
and the litter mates, and it's learning a whole bunch of things that we can't teach them. And not only that, it's exposed to the litter mates and mom and hopefully dad, um, but it's also exposed to children, noises, loud noises, garbage cans, things falling, umbrellas, everything. I'm not saying that your dog is going to be awesome with it because not all dogs are awesome when you pop an umbrella open. Okay, some dogs are like freaked out no matter what you do. Um, but those are some things that I want you to think about when you have a dog, when your dog is reactive. You want to, Everybody wants to know why. That is the biggest reason of, here we go. I am in, here we go. We are recording. Okay. So I said, screw the desktop piece uh, for recording on Loom. Got some toilet paper from the pandemic up there. Some of the really cheap stuff. Anyway, so we're talking about um, reactivity and with the reactivity, that's Troy. Want to see Troy, you guys? Say hi, Troy. Hi. <laughs> He's in here with me. Um, this is part of management. But anyway, let's get back to reactivity. So with the reactivity, we talked about socialization um, <clears throat> being, or their lack of being the main cause of the reactivity mm. piece. For dogs and the other thing is um, there are many cases of dogs who are uh, coming from very rural areas very quiet areas and moving into uh, loud cities and also having a lot of the access to property therefore enrichment therefore um, you know um, Mental exercise, physical exercise. I mean, you know, imagine just being able to roam around all day, even on an acre or two of land, and then coming into a busy city. Um, maybe there's a yard, but it's restricted, and neighbors are right next to each other. Um, maybe it's like, if you're lucky, you have an acre of land, but more often than not, you don't have hardly any land. Um, and so now your dog, who had no idea they were, they were moving into the city, um, is freaking out. First of all, you moved, okay? Everything's changed. Second of all, now the dog is being exposed to things that it equates with being afraid of, you know, whether it's noise or <clears throat> maybe it's people, maybe it's other dogs, um, Maybe it's all of the above, you know, and so you're out walking your dog and all of a sudden your dog hits the end of the leash, is like straining, barking, growling, maybe the fur's up, maybe the ears are peeled back, um, maybe your dog is even running behind you to hide, that happens too, or maybe your dog is just right out there at the end of the leash being all brave, okay, um, seemingly brave, um, because it sees a dog across the street or it sees uh, a garbage can down the block um there are all different types of things that your dog can react to right so um i wanted to also uh, just touched a touch a little bit on the body language things and what people kind of talk about it or how they explain it and 
sometimes people are like, oh, my dog is protecting me. You know, he's guarding me. Um, not really. <laughs> Your dog really, I mean, maybe you are a resource to them. But in those situations, I think it's they're afraid. I also feel like um, when you watch a dog who's fearful like that, <clears throat> you're going to see a lot of different body language and maybe some mixed things. And you might even see a tail. And some people are like, but the tail was wagging. And I want you to look at how the tail was wagging. Was it loose and flowing, you know, or a helicopter? Probably not. It was probably curled. Maybe it was, you know, kind of tight wagging. Or it could have been low in between the legs. And your dog could have been, you know, barking and growling. Also, there's so many different um <clears throat> postures and it looks different for every dog so but in general you're going to see a lot of different movement and action of you know the tail the eyes the ears even the mouth um how the corners of the mouth look there's a lot that goes into your dog's body language and think about like they don't talk to each other but they communicate almost solely with body language and, and so do we actually uh, we do talk a lot I talk a lot um, but we are communicating solely uh, not solely but mostly through body language so when I'm dealing with any kind of uh, behavioral problem especially with aggression um, or fear or reactivity um, I always want to get <laughs> hi Troy I always want to get a full blood work panel done on the animal and I want you to work really closely with your veterinarian and possibly seek out a veterinarian behaviorist because um, they may be able to <clears throat> excuse me guide you a little bit better with you know is this um, is your dog you know in need of some type of medication um, and they're going to be the ones who are going to be able to tell you that you know do your research online definitely there's a ton of research out there uh that is uh, a lot of evidence about how different medications work or don't work um and what they're good for um i recommend uh, just going online and um, looking up in some of the colleges like tufts university or um on tufts university you're gonna see studies about um thyroid test and a full thyroid panel like not just oh your thyroid's fine but it blows out the whole thing and it expands it so it's testing the um uh, the thyroid simulated hormone which is the uh, tsh um t3 and t4 and uh i think it's uh free t4 and that's going to show you just um, a bigger picture of what's going on with your dog's um uh, thyroids now honestly <clears throat> I don't think um, your dog experiencing um, <clears throat> call it uh, reactivity is because they need medication or their thyroids messed up I'm just letting you know like some of the things that I think about when I'm looking at a big picture of a dog that is going through something whether it's anxiety and I think, hey, you know what, you need to maybe think about medication, go talk to your vet, 
or let's find you a veterinarian behaviorist, maybe your vet knows one, but you need to have a really good relationship with your veterinarian. And um, you quite possibly, maybe kind of sort of should consider doing some type of medication because I, I kind of akin it to us. Like if I'm feeling anxious and I have an anxiety problem and I have had, uh, I've suffered with uh, anxiety, um, not so much anymore, but there was a time where I took medication and it helped a lot. And while I was taking medication, I was in therapy. So I'm kind of was doing behavior modification on myself and taking medication so that I was able to process what was going on in my mind a little bit better. Because when you're really anxious and you're just wound up and stuff, you're not going to freaking learn anything. You're not going to be able to because when your adrenaline is way up high, cortisol levels are up and everything is just on alert you cannot take in information and process it at all it's just it's impossible because you're surviving you want to survive so your body's like hey let's go let's go let's go you know um even if you're afraid um and a lot of dogs that are afraid or yeah you know, they're hitting the end of the leash like we talked about so um i want you to think about all of the different aspects that could be going on and how medication could help your pet and there are also um, if you're able to afford it there are veterinarians who practice acupuncture as well and that may be a modality that you might want to add into your dog's repertoire um, it's something I would do it's something I have done in the past with Rufus um, and Rufus I my Jack Russell he's he's gone now but this my reactive dog. So I have a lot of experience with living with a reactive dog. Um, he was, dog, it was reactivity to dogs. Um, <clears throat> but oh, man, and it was all fear-based. Um, but I'll tell you more about that. Um, we're going to wrap it up right now, but I just wanted to get this information out to you. We've got next week's episode coming up. Don't forget to tune in. I'll post a reminder. And thanks so much for listening. And please share these videos. Share. Um, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to these videos and these episodes. They're really important. I'm really passionate about these uh, behavior issues that you're having with your dogs that I've experienced in my uh, past with my own pets. So I speak from experience on this. It's not like I'm just you know, throwing it out there because, you know, my clients have had a reactive dog and they brought him to me for training. Mm. Um, I've lived it and not with just one dog, you know, it's been multiple dogs throughout, um, the past, what, 15 years. Um, so yeah. So anyway, I just want to thank you again, please, you know, uh, subscribe, share. It helps the algorithm. I want to keep talking to you guys and helping you with your pets the only way I can do that. Well, I'll still do it, even if you don't like, share, and subscribe. But I would really appreciate it because we could reach more people. And my goal is to just reach as many people as I can and help as many people as I can with this. It's a mission of mine. Um, it's a passion of mine to help you and to help your dogs and to keep as many dogs from being abandoned and killed and, you know, just having a hard life and 
for their humans to have an easier time too because you know life can be a challenge in and of itself so you know if i can help you make your life easier and more livable then yay let's do it together okay all right thanks so much have a great